last 20 years, one of the biggest games ever. As we're ready for today. Today is the day. We're going crazy. I'm 23. Yeah. All my life, I've never seen a game like this. Right, how excited are you guys for the game today? Super on a scale one to ten, about a 55. Super it's a playoff game. Playoff this is a playoff, playoff game here. right here. Everybody get up. It's time to slam now. We got a real jam going down. Welcome to the Space Jam. Here's your chance. Do your dance at the Space Jam. All right. All right. And we're back, the Rooftop Sports Podcast. We took a little hiatus. Uh, that's on me. Uh, I had a little moving situation, but life we're gets back. It, life gets in the way sometimes. Life it does. It, it does out here in Western New York, you know. Uh, the, just so. the sauna of Western New York right now, dude. It's hoodie season. <laughs> it is hoodie season, and now it's eighty-two degrees outside. I can't. I'm rocking shorts practically to work. What is going on? Hey, I, I will take it. Um, I mean, yeah, fall is an elite season, but hey, there's nothing wrong with a little extended summer because no. as soon as we get through Christmas, ooh, it just turns to hell. Actually, oh. New Year's. New Year's is fun. Yeah. And then once, once you get to pass that, you got no more holidays to look forward to till Memorial Day. And you're just, you know, football's winding down and it's just Are... cry, cry for six months. Are we really going to skip over one of the best holidays on earth? Bring in St. Patty's Day. That is true. I'm an Irishman here. Yeah. I'm sadly, I'm a sad Irishman this week, but, you know, it, it, the Irish. So, I mean, I, oh, let's just get right into it. You know, McGregor, UFC 229. Oh, man. Khabib. Khabib. Guy freaking, I heard this morning that the guy wrestled bears wrestled. when he was nine years old. I had no idea about that until I was over at my buddy's place watching the fight, and he showed me the video of him wrestling a bear. I was like, are you kidding yeah. me? Yeah. Are you kidding me? It was like as a kid, too. Like, yeah. What kind of parent says, you know what? I think the right way to raise my kid, let's have him wrestle a bear out in the garage on a Thursday. I don't know, but that crazy person did set up to be one, you know, the kid grew up to be one of the greatest fighters of kind of seen 27-0, and 0, too. Hasn't lost a round. Yeah, he's ridiculous. So, what what I'm wondering is, you obviously, I don't know, you saw the and heard about the aftermath of yes, the fight after the fight. He, exactly. Do you? This is what I want to know, and I, I get so many mixed opinions about this. Do you think it's good or bad for the UFC that that happened? It's good as in a sense that it would draw attention and it got people talking. It's bad as in we're getting way too close to wrestling now. And once you start making that move towards wrestling, I feel like you kind of get away. It becomes a little too gimmicky. Like UFC always flirted this fine line between boxing and kind of wrestling aspect of it. I mean, yeah, it, 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 it always, I mean, they sold, they always sell a fight, but like even McGregor kind of said it after like the third round, he's like, Hey man, it's just business. Like, he, he, he didn't really mean any of these words, but Khalid took it, you know, and that's what kind of drew him to go insane. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it was a little gimmicky. I like it as in, you know, hey, this is what I want. I'm actually a little disappointed that I didn't get to see it live. I had to watch the replays of it because I was at a bar 
that didn't let us in to go watch it. Long story, but <laughs> freaking dress codes, man. All I want to do is wear my Tims. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can't, but, uh, can't wear those anymore around here. But <laughs> no, apparently not. But yeah, it no, I, I I don't know. What are your what are your thoughts on that? I'm I'm very much in agreement with what you said. I think it's good in terms of the publicity part because like everybody says Good or bad publicity is publicity. So any yeah. any publicity is technically good publicity. So that that part is good. But I think, like you said, with the wrestling part, I think the more dangerous part is the fans. Like then you're if you know, God forbid that dude just drop kicks something and a mouthpiece goes flying off of him and pokes out somebody's eye, and then there's lawsuits and you're getting you're you're getting sued for millions and millions of dollars. Yeah. Or if any fan just catches a right hook the wrong way. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like beer gets spilled on them and a ice cube, you know. I mean we all we all saw what chokes them to death. And malice in the palace, man. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's dangerous because you know those drunk those are drunk fans. And actually those are celebrities down there and that close to, you know, they got to the I heard I heard Robert Kraft was there and they needed to like escort him out of the building, like or yeah. one of, oh the trade commissioner or from like uh, the governor, or, yeah 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 he got the hell out of there yeah Jesus Christ he's like nope get me out no there's no way this is spilling over into me come on get me out it's just it was crazy yeah and and it just it was weird because I mean Khalid just was just like no this is this is not like a business to me this is just a way of life and it's just like he went. He didn't necessarily – I heard mixed things. Like, he went after his coach. He went after, like, some – I don't want to say it was a fan or someone, but it was, like, the other guys of McGregor's team. Yeah, it was. Because, so, uh, I mean, McGregor, he's obviously a big shit talker. So, yeah, that's his, that's his thing. No, for sure. He, he, makes it, he makes it an entertainment. Like, that wrestling yeah. part where you said it becomes entertainment. And only thing is, is that when you're in the WWE – and you know those those are all storylines that are made up. So yeah, you know guys don't take it as personal sometimes. I mean, you do see the you do hear about the stories where there are some legit guys that hate each other in that business. But with this one, everything is real. Uh, yeah. The hatred is real, and I think you saw that on Saturday night. But I mean, for sure, I'm not a big UFC guy, but that was entertaining for me. I I loved every second of that fight. Oh, I man. I also was a on Khabib. Uh, for all of you guys who may listen to the, the betting portion of this podcast. Uh, <laughs> I I love Khabib in that fight. I was big on him. Uh, I know everybody was big betters on McGregor, a lot of people, so I kind of faded and went the opposite way. But, yeah, so that turned out nice for me. I was probably yeah. the only person in the, you know, the house I was watching it at that was rooting for <laughs> Khabib secretly. But, uh yeah. It was it was some pure entertainment, that's for sure. So, uh, big night for UFC, that's for sure. I think they they, oh, they... enjoyed it in terms of a publicity stunt. Yeah. But I mean, now you got to think, what's next for McGregor? Are we talking a little Ronda Rousey, where he's no longer really the the baddest Ooh, guy on the planet? Or that's kind of a oh, that's a hot take right there. Did transitioning over to boxing? I mean, it's what, 13 months removed from his boxing venture with Floyd. So it's like people were like, ah, and he's always going on. I think he went up a weight class or something. I don't know. It. I need to see more out of McGregor. Um, probably another fight. 
I'm I'm actually interested to hope and hope there there's got to be to be another rematch between these two. That's what that's what I'm looking forward to most. Um, yeah, there are, I think there will be, and it's it's. <laughs> I heard somebody make this comparison, or it might have actually been me. I don't remember, but it's kind of where. Oh no, I did read this on Twitter. Somebody said that this was like Rocky Three, where oh. you know. Uh, Rocky comes off his big win over Apollo. He wins. He becomes a champion, and he's all on top of the mountain. He's got the endorsements. Yeah. He's rich. All that stuff. And then you know, you come in comes Clubber Lang, Mister yep. T, and he's all yep. fighting because it's all he has. And you know, the hunger just dies out when you're on the top of the mountain. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's oh, yeah. it's. They always say it's easy. It's easier to get to the top of the mountain than staying there. That is the problem right. because once you're there, you don't have you don't have anything else to shoot for, really. Nope. I know. The only people who know how to do that is the Patriots organization, probably. That's yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. I heard. I was listening to that today, and there that was the exact thing because they were talking about the Eagles and how the Eagles have dropped off a lot. So they're like saying that exact thing. Staying at the top of the mountain is hard to do, except if you're the Patriots who constantly contend for 18 years which yeah it's it's nuts and it's crazy and it's it just is. i mean they've won again this week i mean we we can get into a little week five reactions here um but yeah i, I just i'm tired of it i'm tired i'm tired i'm tired of the patriots being on the top they're just they're not even there they just i see i just see them climbing i just see it climbing after that thursday night game i was just like no nah, this is done it's over are you tired of your Giants losing? Yes. Hey, the good, news is, the good news is is that that division is awful. Uh, oh, my God. The fact that the Redskins, who just got smacked last night on Monday Night Football, uh, are on top of that division at 2-2, two and two, <laughs> it means that thing is wide open. So Yeah, it's wide open. You, but... There is a little glimmer of hope for you guys. Yeah. Well, that's another reason why we took a little bit of a hiatus. I was sobbing and crying over the Giants. I mean, it was a tough one. They lost on a freaking 63-yarder field goal or something like that by Gano. Yeah, I had, I, I had money on the Panthers, so that kind of worked out for me. I had Gano on my fantasy team, so and he gave me 20 points at that spot. And I'm oh. like, yeah, but I still lost. But I'm, I lost by two this week, which is dumb. But <laughs> other story. It, it's just – it was – Interesting to see how Eric Flowers is now no longer on the team. We went with a smaller guy, Chad Wheeler, and the offensive line seems to be doing the, its job. Shaquan Barkley or uh, Barkley has been killing it. He had an awesome spin move and cut back out to the outside. And then once that guy gets rolling, he can split. He he lowers his shoulder, and it's just, I it's like literally combined in a Mod Bradshaw. With Brandon Jacobs almost size, it was, mm-hmm. it's incredible to watch. And then they did that little giant special, whatever you want to say, with the screen out to Odell Beckham, and then he passed it to Shaquan Barkley. Yep. And it's just, it was nuts. I was like, I, I was going through so many highs and lows because then Eli was doing good, and then he went back to typical Eli standing in the middle of the fucking pocket, throwing two interceptions, and it's just, come on, man. Odell, the, Odell makes Eli look so much younger than he actually is because on the first pass to him, behind him, 
Odell goes up, spins his body like almost 180 and grabs that one-handed catch and brings it in. And it's just like, come on, Eli, hit the man in stride. Get those slants right and going and let Odell go off. Yeah. It's just – it's – and and the officiating was awful that game. Well, as people know who listen to my other podcast, the referee (laughs) in that game was my man, Jerome Boger, who is – a very notable home ref and every opportunity I get to bet him and the home team that his in his game, I take full advantage of it. So just to give you an example, I took him week one when he was in Miami, uh, Miami at home versus the Titans and Derrick Henry had a 62 yard touchdown run that would have tied the game. Guess what happened? Flag Jerome Boger, phantom hold call brings it yeah. back kansas city at pittsburgh or uh yeah kansas city at pittsburgh pittsburgh yeah, yeah. week two the steelers are getting blown out 21 nothing they're about to get another pick six what happens flag kansas city yeah. doesn't doesn't just get the, the pick six next thing you know it's 21 21 so jerome boger whenever he refs games take the home team in there you're gonna win long term i think it was like Seven since 2010, it's like 78 and 40 something, 42, something like that. So you're, really you're, you're hitting it at about a 68% clip sometimes Jesus. with him. Yeah, so that's why I had a nice little uh, money line bet on the Panthers. The Panthers, Jesus, Just needed him to win straight. I'm, I'm sorry about that, but nah, it's I mean, hey, we have the same record as the Falcons, so. And then, like uh, you said, another shit show. <laughs> and like you said, in a weak NFC East, it's just a joke. I mean, I don't understand what's going on with the Cowboys, the Eagles, Eagles. the Eagles, Redskins. I understand. I mean, getting Alex Smith wasn't—they're not going to help you. He, he still has no one to throw to. He's just going to do checkdowns, checkdowns, checkdowns. It's all he's going to do. They gave Josh Norman an absurd amount of money. And he's gone quiet. He's going to get cut in the offseason. Oh, yeah. And then someone will pick him up. Probably the Rams. Because they like to acquire all these, <laughs> like, talent. Like, all like all this, like, locker room cancer guys. And he's just Sean McVay. <laughs> or as I heard some people call him Sean McVay. <laughs> um, like, just put it all together and make it all work. I don't understand. And if you look at... If you look at the Rams, like, a season before or two seasons before under Jeff Fisher, look at all the quarterbacks he had on one yep. team. Jared Goff, uh, Casey Keenum, and uh, I believe it was Nick Foles. He did. The Super- yeah. Super Bowl MVP. Jared Goff is, like, I think two Thursday nights put up, like, the most yards in a, in a uh, Thursday night game since in a Don't while. Don't tell me about that. I played and... him in Cooper Cup in fantasy that day. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was a nuts nut. It was it, because all the Thursday night games are usually the crappiest ones because of the short yeah. rest. And then Kirk Cousins was a game away from the Super Bowl. Uh, not Kirk Cousins. Uh, Casey Keenan was a, a game away from the Super Bowl. So you have. I don't understand what Jeff Fisher. He had that. He had three quarterbacks, and he couldn't just make it work. And now this guy comes in, and he just changes the organization all. Exactly. I remember he tried to take credit, saying, "Oh, it was my teams that 
that are winning all these games or whatever last year. I was like, are you kidding me? Or, or no, he he took credit <laughs> for getting all those players there, or something like that. Yeah. He basically took all the credit for it. I was like, are you kidding me? You're that you lack that much self awareness to the, take the credit. No, the reason they're doing so well is because you sucked for ten years <laughs> as the coach there. But oh. yeah, I don't know. I think the Rams, you know, they got some. Swiss bank account that they use to pay their players because the amount of money that they have and spend on them, I don't know how they're not over the cap or nowhere near the cap. And it, and they were also going to, they were in the stakes for trying to trade for Khalil Mack at the beginning of the year. Yeah. But I know that they said they were going to have to, uh, I think it was trade them or cut them in the off season because they weren't going to be able to afford yeah. them or something. So it's like a one year rental kind of thing. And to be honest, not a bad idea. I mean, you're going to kind of see it right now, what the Eagles did last year with, you know, Jay Ajayi when Darren's roles went down, you know, they pretty much – or um, LeGarrette Blunt, you know, those two running backs, that two-back set was pretty much just, hey, we'll rent you for – we have an awesome, awesome defense, good, uh, good offensive line. You know, we need a back, and that brings us into, like, the potential rumors that we hey. heard. Sorry for your – I wanted that. Uh, Yo, you don't – oh, well, yeah, you can probably get decent, a decent amount for Shady McCoy going back to uh, Eagle. Look, we're not going to make it to the Super Bowl this year. Uh, uh, my Bills are not the greatest team in the NFL this year. They're definitely not beating the Rams or any team like that. So, if we can get – I guess the rumor is uh, – this was reported on, like, a Philly station and also on a Buffalo TV station um, that the Eagles are – or no, the Bills are asking for a second and a third rounder for LaShawn McCoy. Uh, the Eagles inquired about LaShawn McCoy. And I really think it's honestly a perfect match. Because I was wondering why I hadn't heard any rumors about this when they were in the kind of sweepstakes for Le'Veon Bell. I was yeah. like, why? If they're looking for a running back so bad, I don't know why they wouldn't go after LaShawn McCoy. It was probably not going to cost them as much it's more guaranteed because you can't sign Le'Veon to a long-term deal until after the season plus you just don't know if he's yep. going to come back at all so I mean the owner loves LaShawn McCoy LaShawn McCoy loves Philly um oh, the yeah. GM he wasn't the one that wanted to part ways with him it was Chip Kelly so Chip Kelly and he blew that I, up. I really think that LaShawn wants to go wouldn't wouldn't mind going back to Philly and I think if you know, he's not doing anything. He's, he he just had his best game this past week. He was 24 carries for like 85 yards, which is not that great. He's but running no. behind an offensive line that's really bad. I don't think he's lost a step or anything, which some people kind of assume since he's 30 years old. But we'd be dumping a $9 million cap hit, um, getting an asset in return. I, I'm I'm all for it. I know I was kind of listening to Buffalo radio stations today and the amount of people that – heard that we were even considering trading LaShawn McCoy. They were just crying. I'm like, God, people, short-term sacrifice for long-term success sometimes. <laughs> people just live in the moment too much and don't even think about what they happen in the future. Like, They're like, oh, we could go on a run and make the playoffs again. I'm like, oh, God, please, no. No, you got rid, you got rid of the quarterback that took you there. You knew where you were going for was going for a quarterback and going for a re- rebuild i mean allen might not be i mean you're you're you already have him so you need to rebuild yep. around him if the if you get a second and a third 
for LaShawn McCoy, that's Hell great. Because the only thing he's doing right now is getting hurt and decreasing his trade value. Yeah, and I think – exactly. Bill Belichick has that mindset where you, you want to get rid of a player too early before you get rid of him too late because then they have no value when you're trying to trade him. It's yes. like buying the stock. You're not going to buy it at its highest price. You want to buy it at its lowest no. price. So, yeah. you know, that's how you want to be with trading. You want to sell it at its highest. And yeah. right now, Sean McCoy is kind of on the, the back nine of his career. So let's get rid of him before he's completely on the 18th green putting for the final day. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, it just seems the right match. I mean, you know, he, you he'll know. be happy if he goes back. Go- oh, he yeah. loves, at least he'll live there. He's always there. I yeah I'm yeah, yeah oh, no yeah he's still on, he yeah because he got into that altercation that one off season in Philly in that nightclub or something like that yeah he's still down there and he's still a Philly yeah. guy yeah, I mean he he um, played high school football in PA he went to Pitt so he played yeah, in PA yeah, yeah. there and he got drafted by the Eagles played in PA there he's lived in PA his whole life yeah. so send him back yeah. home I have no problem with it and actually to be honest it may not help the Eagles all that much so if they still keep uh, shit in the bed. Just imagine that two and three pick could actually be a little bit better than if they say we'll go on another Super right. Bowl run. It's not going to be thirty second overall in the the round. Yeah, but no, those those second round picks. Belichick will do this all the time too. It's Belichick will trade for a fifth or sixth rounder. He he knows where to find them. He knows where to find like those sleepers. It's like drafting in fantasy football. Yeah, you you probably the first round you get the best talent overall. But what your team is going to actually succeed is in all those sleeper picks where you, where you pick, you know, a Derrick Henry in the ninth or tenth round. I don't know how he dropped so low for me in there, but all right. Yeah. It's not still doing too great, but, like, I got Carlos Hyde at a very low draft. I got Deshaun Watson at a very low uh, low pick. I mean, like, all these – it's all about – I mean, look at Tom Brady. Tom Brady was, like, a fifth or sixth round. Yeah, I mean, Tom Brady you know, is once in a little – you know, that's, a that's, a, that's a little bit of luck there. Or else if, you know, people knew Tom Brady was going to be Tom Brady, they would certainly take him a lot earlier. But oh, yeah. um, I think, yeah, it's like you said, those are the foundation of the t- your team is those late-round picks. It's kind of like playing a game of Jenga. And, you know, you've you got to build underneath, and that's going to be your late-round picks, just like your it would be your, your last pieces that you would take off the the Jenga block. But... I think they already have a lot of draft capital going into this draft. It's going to be a big year for them. So if they can get some more, I'm all for it. Yeah, and stock up on yeah, the draft. Yeah, I think it'll be well, a good good opportunity for both teams. A win win both ways. So I don't I don't think yeah. I think a second and a third is a little outrageous. I think they're just trying to, you know, start the negotiations and you know obviously you low ball somebody or high ball the person, but. Yeah, I, I think yeah, it, I, if we had a fourth rounder for him, I'd be ecstatic. So, yeah, I mean, oh, I did, we didn't talk about this in our little pre-show discussion, but um, uh, speaking of uh, outrageous demands, what is your take on the whole Jimmy Butler situation in Minnesota? I I will be honest, I haven't been paying too much attention. I know what's going on. Okay, but I think that it's just a it's kind of a toxic situation. And yep. I do think the Timberwolves should trade him. But Jimmy Butler is one of those players where I don't think he's very much of a team guy. He's a very me-oriented guy where he wants to go somewhere to be the star. And I think with Carl Anthony Towns, Andrew Wiggins, mm-hmm. there's just 
it's I don't know the way to put it. It's it's a good I, it, a good match on paper, but when you put those personalities together, they're just not going to gel because Jimmy Butler wants to be the man. He it's kind of like a Ky- Kyrie Irving situation where Kyrie wants to be the man somewhere, but you have to realize that Jimmy Butler, you are a top fifteen to twenty player. You're not a top five yeah. Kevin Durant, LeBron James type talent yeah. where you're going to yeah. take a team to the finals. You might get to the second round of the playoffs. You're going to be, you know, your ceiling is Chris Paul in his prime, basically. No, that's 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 giving. I, good. Yeah, because you were saying generous too. <laughs> Because you were saying, like, not locker room guy and kind of, like, selfish. Like, you were, you made the Kyrie Irving uh, comparison. I was saying, as a Knicks fan, thinking mellow. Because this is the whole – I'm, like, I'm praying that the Knicks right now don't fall into this trap again where we're going to trade assets to go get Butler when we can probably try and de- – because I know he wanted to come to the Knicks. Like, that was one of his destinations. Uh, mainly because of the city, because of New York. But – uh that was just like, don't fall for the mellow trip trick again. Don't give up any of our assets. Yeah, you know, unless if the, unless if they're willing to take the joking Noah contract, which they won't, and then that would be really an old Timbo. Yeah, it would be. That would. So, but yeah, no, it's just it's such an interesting situation, and like what's going on in time. Thibs doesn't want to give him up. No. Thibs is asking for ridiculous amounts of for him. Yeah, and I think it's because he kind of you, – you grow a little emotionally attached to mm-hmm. your players. And he's had Jimmy Butler all the way back to the Chicago day. So I think – Chicago. Um, I, I read somewhere about it because I was trying to make a bunch of trades in my fantasy football league. And yeah, uh, like every, nobody's willing to trade, and I couldn't figure out why. And um, it was something about like the in, the endowment theory or something like that. Uh, hold on, I can I can find it because I want to I want to <laughs> tell you guys about it. I thought it was I very mean, fascinating the way. Yeah, the endowment effect um, that basically states that individuals will value something. In this case, a player more simply because they own it. And I think that's kind of a bad term to use for this situation, but that's yeah, how it yeah. is in fantasy football. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's yeah. like it says, though, people are always going to overvalue their own players because, you know, it's what it's the person that they drafted. They brought them in. And that's why I think people are GMs, coaches, they're all so stubborn sometimes. And me, I'm the opposite. I like, hey, I'll trade my guy. You, you just give me something in return. But – I know that. Yeah. I think that's why Tibbs is, you know, asking so much for Butler in this situation. Butler, and I think he still wants to try and make it work because I don't. I think they just missed out on the playoffs, and they were a playoff team. And you know, I mean, like you said on paper, that team looks or can be pretty good. All the talent in the world. They're with, a top five talented team. It's just they cannot put it together for some reason. No, I mean it's interesting to see. And I I feel for, you know, Carl Anthony Towns and Wiggins. And Wiggins, I don't know why. Carl Anthony Towns is, like, the centerpiece of that organization. Wiggins is, has been a disappointment. People are questioning if he's still going to be elite as a, I think, yeah, number one overall or something. Yeah, like I think he's, it, he's it, kind of it, been it, a little bit of a disappointment. Although, yeah, 
he's another one that's kind of similar to Jimmy Butler and Kyrie Irving, Mello, where he's just kind of a me guy as well, which is surprising because I liked yeah. him a lot coming out of college. I think it was a little biased because my high school played his high school and I was there to watch hey. it. So it was kind of cool being able to see somebody up close and personal at that young of an age. But yep. um, I also think that he would have been benef- he would have benefited greatly with staying in Cleveland instead of getting traded, maybe learn from LeBron a little bit because of how talented yeah. he was. But LeBron wanted to ship him out for Kevin Love. I said, and I will still stick to it, that that was a bad choice, mostly because I think LeBron would maybe have another championship ring if he had Andrew Wiggins in that first finals. Really? Yeah. Because uh, well, what, uh, what was yeah, their big lot. issue in that first finals against the Warriors? Obviously, it was Kyrie Irving and Kevin Love were hurt, and he was basically relying on yeah. Matthew Dellavedova and Timothy Mozgov as his second scorers. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I think if he could have had Andrew Wiggins, he would have had another – defensive player out there to maybe lock down uh, Clay Thompson or I yep. mean Matthew Delhi was uh, like just basically hustling his ass off with Steph. He was shutting Steph down. It was Clay Thompson and Draymond Green. Oh were, yeah. And uh, uh, Livingston that were causing all the issues, but yeah, yeah, I think Andrew Wiggins would have been much better than Kevin Love. He's just a better fit. Kevin Love is just a stand up shooter. I don't know. I think he's very overrated. So, and, um, well, yeah, he's pretty. I don't want. I don't want to say overrated. I mean, he is an all-star kind of caliber, caliber talent. I mean, he is definitely past his prime. I would say, uh, but I mean, it, it would have been nice to see Wiggins kind of get that, you know, tutelage from LeBron, and probably maybe his ego would have gotten subsided. I mean, but <laughs> it's funny that I mean, I really don't know, but it's funny to see right now how the Cavs, if you follow any on Instagram or anything, Ty, Ty Lue is happy, you know, JR is being JR and Kevin Love is talking some crap. And I think, I think it was Channing Fry took uh, LeBron's old uh, locker. And no, they turned like it into that. a towel they're, they're just, locker, a towel station. A, a towel locker? Oh, that's even yeah. better. It's just like. It's just like they seem so much more happier, and I and it's going to be interesting to see the Cavs. I mean, Justin Thompson's nuts and crazy for saying that he they they're going to be the top of the yeah, East. Yeah, that's a little outrageous. It's like get the hell out. Well, of I here. think I think what it is is they more don't feel the pressure uh, that they did before. Yeah. Now you can kind of go out there, kind of a weight lifted off your shoulder, so you don't really mm-hmm. have the expectations of championship or bust. It's Hey, if we make the playoffs, this is a pretty good season. So yeah. you can just kind of go out there and play a little more loose, a little more free versus having to go out there. And if we don't win tonight, we're going to be getting talked about on all the media all day tomorrow. So yeah, no, it's the microscope is definitely down over in LA. Yeah. It's, it's going to be interesting For to see. Sure. I I mean, I, I'm just super excited because tip off is next week. I mean, we all know what's going to happen. You know, Warriors are going to win, but it doesn't matter. It's always it's fun to watch the journey in there and stuff like that. It's gonna it, and the league is a little shaken up right now because you know you got Kawhi over in uh, Toronto, Demar in San Antonio, Paul George is still in OKC. Uh, and OKC that wasn't even the best signing for OKC. The best one was getting Melo out of there. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Losing a player was their best thing. Exactly, and now, oh my God, it, I saw the I saw a highlight of Mello and uh, Harden 
just com- like Harden just completely whiffed on a pass or something like that, and Melo wasn't even in position for it. It's just like, oh, I'm I know how this plays. It's funny. I saw another video where Carmelo he got the ball at the three point line. Guy tried to close out on him. He head faked. Dude jumped in the air, took one dribble in, shot it, made the jumper. And then he he's running back on defense and he's apologizing to the bench because there's a no mid-range rule for the Houston Rockets because <laughs> of how analytically based they are. And the mid-range yeah. jumper is one of the worst shots that you can take in all of basketball. Um, yeah. Just because of its lack of efficiency. So... Uh, but yeah, I'm excited hey, made, for NBA I, to start. Man, I made a mid-range jumper today in hoops in our pickup game, so I'll, I'll still be yeah, doing pickups. That. Another, another. <laughs> yeah, analytics. So, don't, analytics is... don't really apply in the pickup games that we play in. No, just make sure they take the worst shots possible. Pretty much, it's usually how it goes. Yeah, but uh, NFL. I'm. I'm. Yeah, it's still NFL season. Can you believe? Can you believe okay. we are? Almost a quarter of the way through. We're over a quarter of the way through the season already. That's insane. We're heading into week six. We are got about a little, almost halfway there, pretty much. It's outrageous. I can't believe it. How fast it's going. I know, and it's going too fast. It needs to slow down. Yeah, it it needs to slow down because once it's done, then we just go to depressing January and February. I know, with no football, nothing to do, can't go outside, can't see your lawn for six months. Exactly. I think I think it hits me in Thanksgiving. That's when I know, oh, football is kind of like coming to its end. But that's also when it starts I mean, getting good and picking up and everything too. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, sixteen games, every game matters. But from that point in time, every game does matter, which is which makes it so much better. Yeah. No, I I agree. Um, I think that it's it's going to be a good finish to the season this year. The crazy thing is, is how clumped up it is. It's kind of like the whole league is similar to the NFC East where there's just teams are just all in the middle. Everybody has a win. So there's not like, you know, we're five weeks in, everybody's got a win so far. Usually you, you have a team yeah. that starts out the season 0-8 and oh, yeah. something like that. So I think the fact that everybody's kind of all compiled in the middle is pretty fascinating. That's good to see. And we have two undefeated. We do have the two undefeated, which kind of brings me to something I was just thinking about. We're not at the halfway point now, but if you had to say right now, who would be your your Super Bowl favorites at the at the? I wouldn't say the midway point, but you know, quarter. We'll say the quarter mark. Uh, I just pulled up the. I just pulled up the. Uh standings here just purely based on I mean based on standings and what I've seen I want to say the Rams just because they have an amazing defense a great coach and Todd you can't discount Todd Gurley as a running game and I know they have an off a left tackle that they signed last year who's apparently really really Even good though he's old as hell so but I he think, is really good yeah he's no he's I mean Use him now. Well, this is the best shot and opportunity. I mean, I would say they're they're L.A. Rams is probably um, I would say the front runner right now. Who do you think? Who do you think Forwards. would be uh, coming out of the AFC to play him? The AFC, I can never discount the Patriots. And I'm looking at the top. See, looking at the top four, you have Kansas City, Cincinnati, 
New England, and Tennessee. None of those teams. I mean, Kansas City's really, really, really good. And just they have so many good skill position players. And just I, I want to say Patrick Mahomes might hit a rookie wall. And that defense is a little shaky. Worse than the league. So I don't understand. Numbers wise. Yeah. So it's just a little, let's just outscore our opponent completely. And that, you know, I don't think that's really sufficient. Yeah. So I would say the Patriots are probably going to have to come out of that. I mean, just. I agree. I, I, I'm 100% Jets. spot on. I think the two favorites are the Rams and the Patriots. And it's not like you're going to make a, make a point on Jacksonville there. What were you going to say? I mean, Jacksonville's sitting there at three and two. I mean, they go and smoke the Giants, and then you see Blake Bortles just completely just—I don't even know what he's doing. He—I think uh, it was this week that he threw the ball off the helmet of his own player. Off his, yeah, and it went so. And goes oh, up I for know. An I'm like, oh my god. Yeah. And Fournette is down, and uh, it's just—I think injuries are going to plague them. Baltimore it can be sneaky good. I mean, Chargers, they're sitting at three and two. But like, you know, who who last year, who was the biggest threat to uh the Patriots? You would probably say the Steelers. Yeah. They're sitting there at two, two, and one. Uh, I I don't think a, the Steelers are very good this year. I think the Madden curse is really coming into play. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh the the it turmoil does. there with, with Le'Veon being out, they're still putting up similar numbers. It's just they aren't executing and finishing games the way they should be. I think there's just something not right about them. They might get it to click and everything, but from what I see so far, I'm yeah. not sold on them. And I think with Kansas City, like you mentioned, I think there's going to be a wall at some point. Andy Reid always has it, schemes all offseason, comes up with these crazy plays. But once people get them on film after you know a bye week or yeah. something, they come out feel a little flat. And I think this weekend is going to be a big test because they're going to go to New England and they're going to be playing the Patriots on Sunday Night Football. So yeah, that's going to be a great that, game. Uh, I'm sure we're going to talk about that on the, the other podcast later this week, betting-wise, but I won't reveal anything towards what I'm leading there. Not yet. But I think that's going to be a big test for them. Going on the road in New England, now they're just, New England's kind of getting into their rhythm like they usually do. September they work out all the kinks, and then October they're a well-oiled machine where they start just smoking people. So they're yeah. getting – we've seen the last two weeks they've been doing pretty well. Uh, they still don't have a pass rush, which is a little bit concerning. However, uh, Bill Belichick scheming against Mahomes and company uh, will be interesting to see. I don't know if you have a, you know anybody you like in that game. But I will say when we started out this podcast in the beginning of the year, we were talking about in the offseason, yeah. you said your sleeper team was Kansas City. I yeah. doubted you a little bit, and I said yeah. we kind of nailed this. I also said for the AFC, the Chargers were a little bit my sleeper team. But, yeah. I mean, the two teams they've lost to are the Rams and the, the Chiefs. So, yeah, I mean, that's um, – it's not like I'm way off on that, but they're, they're still doing pretty well. And the Bears. The Bears were my sleeper team. I told you I liked Yeah, I liked well, Matt when Nagy. they got Cleo Mack. And when they got Cleo Mack, I mean, that defense – Really skyrocketed. Uh, yeah. Yeah, no, that – but I'm, like, looking at the conference here, and I'm like, I mean, Saints are – Saints are – they had one bad game against yep. Tampa Bay. And that's not really – that's just because of the magic of Vince Patrick. <laughs> I mean, that's it. Yeah. 
I mean, that's the only reason why that they, they were able to pull that uh, Houdini off. But it's just – it's amazing to see. I mean, I can, I can count more teams that are probable in coming out of the NFC to make it run in the playoffs. You've got the Rams, Saints. I'll throw the Bears. Panthers are up there. I can never discount Aaron Rodgers. Minnesota still has a good defense. Um, I won't even discount Philly because it's a weak it's a weak conference, and if they get hot, you know they can they can go on a run because that's how the Giants made it to the Super Bowl. Well, I'm saying, man, there's this oh. just the whole NFL right now is so jumbled in the middle. It's kind of fun though. Yeah. I, I mean, the, the no, ratings no, are up this great. year; they're up a lot, so people are loving it. I mean, a lot of it has to do with the scoring and the the product on the field, yeah. but it's like. What we're entering to like the highest offensive pass touchdowns and yardage. Yeah, ever. I think last year they said the average points per game was like forty three and a half or something, and this year it's forty eight, forty nine points per game. So, yeah, wow. we're we're getting into some good offense this year, and I think fans are tuning in. They're liking it. Their fantasy teams are popping off every week, so keeps yeah. everybody more inclined to watch the games. But I, I mean, I'm still happy with my Super Bowl pick in the Chargers and the Saints because they're performing about how I expected them to be. The one thing I always forget about is the Chargers, man. They have no home field advantage (laughs) whatsoever. (laughs) No, It's like a negative because they probably go out there and they're like, ooh, guys, we're home. There's Raiders jerseys everywhere around the stadium. Where the hell are we? Like, all right, (laughs) got to go to a silent count, guys, at home. This is depressing. <laughs> that is, yeah, no, it's 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 crazy. It's just, I mean, they're sitting right now. If the season would end today, they would send it with a one wild card yeah. spot. But I mean, yeah, no, they're looking good. And Drew Brees, you know, made history yesterday. Um, what was it? Passing all time uh, yardage. Yeah, beat Peyton Manning and Completion. Brett Favre. Got the most yeah. yards in NFL history. So. All, all doing that at 5'10". Congratulations to him. Yeah. I have no idea if he's 5'10". He looks like he's 5'10 when he's out there. I know. I, I would be interested to see how much they jack up the the heights for those guys on the oh, on their, their reports. Always, yeah. That and weights are always off or something like that. Yeah. They said – I'll go a little into baseball, but CeCe Sabathia is like this giant uh, – this pitcher for the Yankees and uh, – he, they listed him at like two thirty five. I'm like, no, this guy is like this guy is like three hundred pounds. Yeah, I'm like, get the hell out of here. He wears pajama pants while he's pitching out there. He he ate like a box of Captain Crunch cereal for breakfast oh each morning. Oh my gosh, that is no way, not healthy. Yeah, so it's a good lifestyle. Yeah, I mean, if I gotta get up and eat Captain Crunch for breakfast every day, I'd be all about it. But and if it gives, yeah, and if it gives you a ninety six. Um, uh, fastball with a with some location and movement and 100, 100 million dollars plus in the bank yeah whatever he makes uh, yeah difference between baseball and football contracts football it's always i mean with Le'Veon bell uh, well oh that's another oh that's a big thing that we uh didn't get to talk about um seahawks player earl thomas uh, earl tom earl thomas flipping off his bench uh the you know because he got hurt and like this is this is why he, you know, he kind of wanted to sit out, and it's just, just, yeah. You, I, I understand you can't give guaranteed contracts in a sport like this because you know you're gonna get hurt. But I mean, goddamn, I mean, 
it's it, it it's something right? that I really don't understand about the world in general is that we get angry at players when they hold out for more money. Oh, greedy players. Or we get angry at them when they say they want to be traded from their city or they leave us in free agency or something like that. And we don't think about the, the player at all or the person. Like, put yourself yeah. in their shoes. If you are working at your company and, you know, you aren't getting paid the same as – everybody else that is your job and you know you're all outperforming everybody why should you want to come to work what incentive does that give you to want to go to work and then let's just say you know the second you get sick you're they're just going to pull in somebody else to replace you that's how it is in the nfl when a player gets injured is that you're you're going to get replaced like that and then you can lose your job and you have all you have from right out of you know, your mid twenties to 65 pretty much to make all the money you need to live yeah. in your life. These guys have a small, small, tiny window to make all their earnings for the rest of their lives. And then, then take care of family and, you know, friends and just like where they grew up. You know, a lot of these kids come out of, you know, bad areas and they want and everyone and everyone's coming to ask hey can you take care of me you know can i get this can i come get that and they feel like this need i imagine to just take care of them and just like it's just it's crazy yeah and it's such a violent sport and stuff like that and if you need to hold down if you you know if you believe you deserve more and he does deserve that money for sure i mean he's the last of the legion of boom that seattle defense is not as good as they once were. right and I just – it sucks because I think when the next – the CBA is up next, we're going to be in for some holdouts. Yeah. Uh, we might lose out on a little bit of football, which will be depressing that year. But I also think the NFL Players Union is just one of the weakest unions in all sports. And oh, they yeah. cave every time because it's so hard to unionize with that many guys. And with the NBA, it's, oh, yeah. you know, <laughs> all their all – their, players are able to unionize because there's only 15 of them on a team and they're all getting paid $5 million a year. Whereas I'm in the NFL, I'm, you know, guy number 43 on the roster who is only making $680,000 a year. And uh, woohoo, he's 680K a year. But when all of a sudden you're not making any money, then you're in some trouble. There's really only five guys on each roster that are probably financially stable enough to hold out for an entire season like Le'Veon Bell is in this situation. So I think it's good that Le'Veon is doing it. Uh, I know I'm probably in the minority on that and thinking that he's always being greedy. But no, he's just – the <laughs> your value is what you are to the, to the market, how much – what you yeah. can bring to the market. And in this case, he's one of the best players in the NFL, so he should be paid like it. That position – and then, you know, being as a running back there to- – we're taking this small window and let's say we're cutting it in half because the lifespan of a running back is not as much as, you know, your quarterback or some, someone like that. And it's only really like a couple of the top elite people who get paid the millions. Everyone else gets paid, you know, like you said, not that much money. Mm-hmm. And it's like, if you're got, if you're Joe Schmo number 43, or if you're on a practice squad, you're not making, you're not making that no. much, but yet you're, you're, you're sacrificing your body for, concussions or 
potentially breaking your leg, arms. I mean, Sean McCoy had three broken ribs, and then he went back on the field to go run for two or three more possessions. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, sit out. Yeah, it's it's insane what these guys go through. And uh, I, I don't want to say I'm completely pro player in this situation, which I mostly am, because I do get where the teams are coming from. You can get – you don't I, – I wouldn't want my team paying a running back $17 million a year. I don't know if you would want the Giants no. doing that, but um, certainly signaling no. the Bills paying running backs too much money. Uh, quarterbacks are worth it because of how much they impact the game and a team overall. Um but I yeah. feel like with running backs, you can get the same production at a lower price. And I think that's what teams see, especially with the Steelers here. Look, they're getting similar production from James Conner. It might not be the exact same, but, hey, it's pretty darn close. Yeah. No, it's definitely Philip Lindsay in I Denver. Mean, he's an undrafted rookie. Did you know who he was a month ago? No, but he's a starting running back in the NFL no. now, and he's doing pretty well. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, you can they, – they can be kind of plug-and-play players a little bit here and there. But, I mean, if – you know, it, I don't want to say like all position players, but yeah, like you, like you said, the quarterback makes sense with the position because they touch the ball every possession. I would say maybe like a defensive end is kind of worth it. Yes. Wide receiver, um, strong safety only because my boy Landon Collins is the last person on the Giants from the 2015 draft class, and I want him to get paid because he he's really really good. Yeah, so I want to see it. I don't want to lose him. I don't blame you. But yeah. It's, it's it's an interesting I, – I mean, I, but the NFL makes so much money yes. too. Just the owners. I mean, it's just crazy. Right. Crazy. I just don't understand why fans don't blame the owners a little bit more because they, they're, they're the ones oh, yeah. being greedy too. They're oh, yeah. making – I think the Green Bay Packers, since they're publicly owned or traded or whatever, have to release yeah. their books. And the Packers – alone on TV revenue last year made like $250 million. And the salary yeah. cap is only $200 million. So the, your, pay, your players are paid for. Any profits on game day or merch, yeah, anything like that is and it, just bonus cash. Concessions. Yeah. Yeah, the, the whole stadium. I mean, you rent out – you have the stadium and then you rent it out on other – you know, for events and things like that. I mean – how many times did they play the NCAA uh, Final Four game in Dallas? Yeah, you know, they do. They they get all these different events and revenue and stuff like that. And it's just, but the thing is, the reason why the fans don't blame the owners is because it's just they, you know, as a, if if Odell Beckham Jr. Um, sat out this season for the Giants, I'll be personally feel like, come on, man. You know you make Eli, like, so much more elite. <laughs> we saw it last season when you got hurt and was out. Eli was terrible. He saw – and look at our record. Yeah. Like, if he sat out, like, I would be like, oh, man, you, it's almost like the player is personally attacking you, but it's not. He's just trying to get, you know, his money. Exactly. So, no, I I see both sides of it, um, and I, I'm, just, I'm just surprised that so many people lean with the management and GMs and – don't kind of get get it from the player side because we're all basically in the player's shoes. We're workers just like they are in the normal day life. And granted, they get paid a little bit more money and they're a little more glorified, but, you know, they're yeah. just trying to make what money they can in the short period of time that they can make yeah. it. So. And how many times have you been at your job and just like, man, you know, I've 
doing all this awesome work or you're doing that stuff. Why can't the big boss man upstairs cut me a little bit more money on that check or something like that? When you go and get yourself a raise or, you know, and stuff and things like that, you know, you're always, you know, you're always trying to prove yourself worth. And exactly. Just, that's what they got to do. It's just, it's more, it's just that they're on a much bigger scope yeah. because, you know, they're professional, they're, they're celebrities. Yeah. I mean, things like I mean, that. me personally, uh, when I worked at my previous company, you can see the, the SEC tradings and things like that, where there's vice presidents at my company selling stock options for $1.8 million and then seeing that they still have 44,000 stock options left. And I'm <laughs> like, bro, now you get two of them? Come on, yeah. here, spread, <laughs> share the yeah. luck a little bit. Feed the horse. But, uh, yeah. So. Yeah. It's been a fun season so far, and I'm excited. I'm, I'm pumped to see how the rest of it goes. But I gotta find out what Bills game I'm gonna go to. Monday this night year. football. Usually, the Monday night game. Oh, I already got my tickets. Probably. Nice. If you go, if you Where go, you... we're gonna we're gonna be tailgating. As all all of our listeners, I'm sure have seen the barstool retweets of how crazy the Bills mafia is. Oh, oh man, it insane. gets insane at the tailgates. I will say that the Monday night football game is probably going to be the most insane tailgate uh, I will go to in my life. Uh, I remember 2007, I went to the Bills <laughs> and the Cowboys Monday night football game. Cowboys were 4-0. and Bills were 1-4. and So you're thinking, eh, it's not going to be that great of a game. The game turned out to be the best game I've ever seen in my life. 1-3 the Bills were, and the stadium was the loudest I've ever heard it in my life. That's insane. And I've been to you know, countless number of Bills games in my life. And it was the loudest I've ever heard it. As I'm walking into the stadium, there's just people passed out, not even making it into the stadium. They're just nope. too drunk to walk, curled up in a ball next to their car and their beach chairs. People are hammered. I've never seen so many drunk people in my life because they're just all Dude. tailgating all day, man. It's, it is it is so much the greatest fun. party you'll ever go to. <laughs> So uh, what time are the lots opening up? Because usually on Sunday, because usually Sundays for the Bills, it's what, what, a one o'clock game. So they open up at eight. I think it's nine now. It used to be eight. It used to be seven uh, or something like that. Crazy. Yeah. But yeah, now it's nine o'clock for the lots that they open. So they'll probably open about four, three, four o'clock, I'm guessing. So I'm going to be leaving the work early that day and showing up a little, <laughs> a little late the next day. So um, yeah. Good times, man. I, I We usually go to squish the fish whenever Miami comes up. Because for some reason, whoever schedules the games always think, hey, let's put Miami Bills in western New York. In December. In the, December. Yeah. But it's so much fun. Oh, yeah. They're all fun to go to. But I think if you can uh, get tickets to this game, dude, let's, let's, let's do I, it. It'll be a lot of fun. Got to check. Yeah, I got to check the work schedule. Make sure I don't have any. October 29th. It's in okay. like two or three weeks. Ooh, it's coming up. Yeah. It's coming up. So um, it'll be fun. But all right. Well, I think we hit that hour. We mark. did. Man, that was a fast hour. So I know it goes by so freaking quick. But, but yeah. Uh, we we got to start doing this more regularly. Well, we will now. All right. Now that you're all moved in. Yeah. I'm Life almost into my new down. place. Yeah. So, so it's, I know. We'll see how it is. Vic, who does the other podcast with me, he, he just had a baby, so he had to miss a couple of weeks. 
Life gets yeah. in the way sometimes. We all know that, but yeah. we're out here to provide the content. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Yep. And uh, um, listen, subscribe, rate. What are we on now? We're on Spotify. We're on Anchor. Wherever you can, wherever you can listen to. Are we on podcast, iTunes yet? Apparently, I don't think we ever made it no, to iTunes. iTunes is like you. You need to have at least five hundred subs. And I'm like, come on, man. I, I have no idea how Anchor does it, but I know we're definitely on Spotify. We're definitely on. Um, I think Google Podcasts and things like that. Yeah. So just wherever you kind of stream your podcast, put in the rooftop sports podcast and see how, you know, we're there. Exactly. So listen in, get your money, get your bets in. That'll, ready, that'll be later you know. this week. This one yeah. is just uh, chilling, talking about sports and cracking yeah. open a few cold ones. Oh, yeah, man, I could go for a beer right now. <laughs> Gotta go make a run. Exactly. All right. All right, everybody. Well, that's – have a good one. See you. See you.